It's slightly snowing and minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. Beltline residents and other people opposed to the weekly anti-mandate protests in the area gathered at Lougheed House and walked to Central Memorial Park yesterday. They were undeterred by Calgary police requests asking protesters and anti-protesters to stay away from the Beltline this weekend. Nick Baggy is the manager of the Amaranth Food Street or Store on 4th Street, and he says he loses 20% of his business every Saturday. They're blocking off like all the routes in here so nobody can get into my store, and we're already struggling enough as it is, and now we lose like two hours worth of business because of it. So, And the parking lot's taken up, so there's nowhere for them to park, and yeah, it's, uh, it's been rough, <laughs> and it's every Saturday. Calgary police say six people were arrested at the protest yesterday, four for violating the injunction, one was the driver of a semi that was towed, and one was on an outstanding warrant. CP rail trains have come to a stop, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. In the northwest on 4th Street at 19th Ave, you have two left lanes closed until the beginning of April. And in the southwest on Elbow Drive at 86th Avenue, you have lane closures from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. A message from the Canadian Blood Services. Patients need people across Canada to show up and give. Lives depend on it. 17,000 appointments to fill this month. Visit blood.ca. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. A shutdown is underway at CP Rail as the company and the union continue to negotiate this morning. The Teamsters Canada Rail Conference, which represents some 3,000 engineers, conductors, yard workers, and other train employees, issued a release just before midnight, saying a lockout was being initiated by management at the Calgary-based railway. The company, on the other hand, claims the union initiated the strike. Federal Labour Minister Seamus O'Regan says he expects both parties to stay at the bargaining table until they can hammer out a deal. Russian troops have stepped up their bombardment of the besieged port city of Mariupol with Ukrainian officials saying a strike flattened an art school used as a shelter for some 400 civilians. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky has accused Russia of war crimes over its siege and spoke directly to the people of Russia. Pope Francis decreed the senseless massacre but did not name Russia as the culprit. Meanwhile, if you're wondering what Canadians can do to help the millions of people who have left Ukraine and the million more who have been displaced by the war that is ravaging the country, this week, guest host of the West Block, David Aiken, will speak with Immigration Minister Sean Fraser about how to fast-track the process for fleeing Ukrainians. So it's a complicated process. It, the scale of it is immense. As I say, three million have already left the country um, and are looking for some permanent home. I think the latest number of Ukrainians who have fled the country and come to Canada, it's somewhere around 7,000. The West Block airs on 770 CHQR Sunday mornings at 11. Taking a look at sports, Matthew Kachuk walked away with three points in the Flames' 5-2 win over Vancouver last night. Kachuk had a goal and two assists, while Rasmus Anderson added one of each. Despite playing its second game in two days, the Flames overpowered the home side early and often, outshooting Vancouver 44-25 to improve to 7-4-1 in the second half of back-to-backs this season. The Flames now have a couple of days off before they host the Sharks on Tuesday. Two Canadian teams will hit the ice in the NHL today. Vancouver hosts Buffalo and Winnipeg is in Chicago. Global News Sky Tracker weather. A mix of snow and flurries will continue this morning, changing to sun and cloud this afternoon with a high of 6. 
A few clouds and minus 3 overnight. Increasing cloudiness throughout the day tomorrow, climbing to a high of 10 degrees. Sunshine and 14 on Tuesday, and that sun will stick around with a high of 18 degrees on Wednesday. It's minus 1 at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And as you can all tell when you look outside, it is the first day of spring, which <laughs> which we should always expect snow and uh, all that fun stuff, obviously. But that is the weather in Calgary. As we know, it will change three times today. So uh, we'll just go through it today and we'll see how it all goes. Lots of stuff going on in the gardening world, though. We're getting ready for for the upcoming growing season and uh, lots of seeds and grower supplies and people getting ready to get out in the garden. And I know our crews are pretty pumped. Our landscape guys are starting next week, um, starting on projects, so which is great. A little bit earlier than than most years, so it's, it's good. We're a couple of weeks ahead, so hopefully that will help throughout the season. And pruning guys are out pruning like crazy. Trying to get the last of the elms in. I was chatting with Mark. He was uh, booked in as many elms as he can. And I uh, think he might be able to squeeze a couple more in if you have an elm tree. Because you can only prune those until the end of March. And then you have to hold off all the way through the summer until um, September, end of September. And then we can start pruning them again. And uh, But we've had a pretty good, this little bit of, Snow's melting slowly, which has actually been pretty good. I still got a fair bit of snow. I'm looking on the east side of my house and in the shady areas. We still have a fair bit of snow, which is good. And uh, so as we head into spring, I've seen one person who's actually power raked their lawn. It was I was on Elbow Drive, whatever. So had it all cleaned up, already power raked. Looked like they already had the sprinkler ready to go. So. Um, a little bit early for that, um, you end up tearing up your roots and things like that. So let it all thaw, let it start growing a little bit before we get too crazy and, uh, in the gardening season, before we get into action. But there's still lots of stuff you can do is cutting back your your trees and shrubs and pruning deadwood, dead damage disease. If you have any shrubs that typically bloom, those ones you don't want to cut anything except for deadwood because if you cut all the tips off your your shrubs and things like that that's where all your buds are and you won't get any blooms at all so you want to hold off any of that but I'm going to bring Jen up on the line and if you'd like to join us um, phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 that is the talk and text line you can uh reach us there and if you have any questions uh be more than happy to ask answer those for you good morning jen <laughs> good morning merle how are you good you guys yeah. were uh bumping pretty good yesterday in the greenhouse lots of people through and unbelievable so fun yeah um yeah kids families um all the you know silver haired folks the gray hair i don't have a polite way the seniors our seniors they were in and oh i just it was so cool having everybody there. And again, as I always say, and you and I talk about it, lots of people just strolling through. They just wanted to be in the green, specifically is what they said. 
Yeah, no, and we talk about that. The generations have changed. Like our demographics have changed a ton, and oh, we, we still over. love all our seniors and yeah. the older folks. Which uh, I'm getting up there. I'm going to be 55 this year. I thought about that. I, like I look out my eyes, and I'm like, I still think I'm like 20. Blink, blink. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. And, yeah. And then I think, well, I could go to the. The, the the silver special that they advertise at the Grey Eagle <laughs> Casino, I could go get the cheap buffet. So yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy so to be June, that age now? Yeah. yeah, June, look out. I'm heading to the okay. buffet. The senior morale. Yeah. yeah, well, our seniors, I, I, don't know, I love our seniors <laughs> when they come in. I, uh, yeah. We're fortunate. We have, we, have great, uh, we have a great group of, uh, of customers, and uh, our team is always good. So, anyways... Yeah. Um, yeah. What What are people going for? What did you see yesterday? Like people. Oh, well, uh, what, what, um, bulbs. I would say bulbs. I was thinking about that this morning. What was moving the most that I had seen, um, including one of our regulars. Um, I know she works at Sobeys. I don't remember her name, but she was back in for more bulbs. Um, so I would say bulbs were the main things walking out and of here. And so the summer bulbs you're talking of. So that would yeah. be like dahlias and yep. what other. Oh gosh! There, well, there was <laughs> all the yeah, one right. I looked at. Lilies. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't really look at the bulbs. Like, there's so many bulbs right now, and so many colors. And the dahlias were the, I think, the largest amount that we have. And there's so many different types of them. And that is exactly what she was getting to yesterday. Um, I think. Do we have peonies in there? I don't know. I need Jessica to yeah, send me an inventory. I think there's some peony bulbs in yeah. there. Um, peonies, gladiolas, the begonia bulbs. All that kind of fun stuff. So, and, yeah. and when you when you are doing bulbs, you will get a typically a a little bit more vibrant color. I'm not too sure why, but like in your canna lilies, your your begonia bulbs and and gladiolas, it's almost like it's a little bit more of a pure color. Like it, uh, it's not as faded. Like sometimes you get a petunia, it's bright, but it's still not the pure red. Mm. Like a, it's rich. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't so know what rich. it is, but similar to like a umbrellas at, at Christmas time, you sort of get that really pure white, pure red, pure pink, oranges and, and yellows. Uh, yeah, they're stunning. Yeah. I mean, even just taking a walk through the bulb section is just entertainment alone. So I encourage people to do that. You don't have to buy them; just take a look. It's it's incredible what you see down there. And they're they're easy. It's it's that uh, it's gratifying gardening. I like to call it. It's sort of because you, you you plant this bulb or whatever. If it's a tuber or a bulb, you mm-hmm. plant it into at least a six or an eight inch pot. And you put it in there, and within usually within a week or so, you start seeing it sprouting up. And then they typically can grow quite quickly. Like when you get a dahlia bulb, within three weeks you can have something that's eight, ten inches high. So that's nuts! Isn't that nuts when you think about all yeah. that stored energy in there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, um, um, but that's that's the fun part about that. Um, and they've sort of they went out of fad for a bit. But they seem to be coming back in. They do. Why do you think that is? People, I, I think um, people are taking up gardening a bit more seriously, yeah. right? Yeah. Because they can, um, they're doing a little bit more homework, um, listening to shows like this, learning a little bit more. So when they talk about bulbs, they maybe go, hey, that uh, Jen and Merle are talking about bulbs, and they go into a garden center and sort of say, hey, where's your bulbs? And they have a look. Yeah. and and give it a try because it. yeah 
it's a little bit more, and that, and it's something that um, with the bulbs. If you if you buy it now, you plant it in your house, put it in a nice bright spot, let it grow, and then you put it outside in in mid May or June, um, depending on what type of bulb it was. Um, put it outside in June for the summertime, and then once it dies back in the ground or if in a pot, you can harvest it again. Um, mm -hmm. let it dry out, store it, and then sort of do the whole thing all over again next year. So that's kind of, so you buy it once, and the bigger they get, like your dahlia bulbs, right. if it multiplies, you can end up with a great big tuber, and you can split it into two or three, but also your your bulbs and your flowers get bigger every year sort of thing, right? So mm -hmm. some of those dinner plate dahlias end up with like 16-inch oh. blooms on them. Those are fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what about uh, um, what's what's your sale this week? You guys got uh, always. So we do see, a weekly one sale. thing I do know. I didn't look at the bulbs, but the sale is fifteen percent off flowering plants. So that um, you know, typically we have cyclamen in, and they're flowering. But anything that's in flower is fifteen percent off. So oh, nice. um, yeah, keep your eyes peeled throughout the greenhouse for those flowering guys. Um, good, yeah, good way to get the good way to get the spring into your house a little bit and, uh, and get <laughs> it feeling good. Yeah, it's true. And that includes the oxalis. I know people have been hearing all kinds of stories about oxalis. I haven't ever grown them myself, but um, I have some great success stories that I've heard, including Lisa, who works with us on the floor. I don't, have you ever bought one? I'm not, I'm not talking to Lisa right now. <laughs> oh, I think a, I know why. She's in Florida. Tell, tell us. Yeah, I know she is. Uh, Did you, oh, the picture she's sending us is just rude. Yeah. Yeah, I know she's she's uh, she's uh, sending us all these beautiful plant pictures, which is awesome. Oh, so stunning. we tend to do that. Whoever travels um, teases the rest of the team with the flowers that they see when they travel, which is kind of fun. So mm -hmm. very much, um, yeah, Lisa, lucky girl. Um, yeah, so that's happening right now. We still have we have our bonsais in. I know people are often looking for bonsais. We have the the ficus ones in and the juniper ones. People look for those for gifts. Um, we still have seeds. Those are flying out the window still. Kent and I were chatting this morning. He noticed lots of pots because we have so many new pots. <laughs> and uh, I love our pot selection, Merle. I have, I've been shopping around, and I look. I always look because I like to compare. Yep. What can we do better? But um, I don't know. We're, we're killing it with the pots. And I, I kind of wish we'd stop, too, because I have more pots <laughs> and plants I at know. my house. And that's I know my lie, accountant so. called me the other day. He goes, hey, dude, you've got a lot of pots. <laughs> Are you going to sell any of those or what? Said, yes, they're selling, but you got to have something to sell. So, anyways, oh, yeah, the, we, we yeah, definitely the, have the we definitely have the the crazy. Yeah, the largest. And I always joke about it. I kind of wanted to do a uh, Cheech and Chong uh, pottery commercial one day. <laughs> hey, man. We got the biggest pot deal in Calgary. Go down only, this booth. Only you could but, get away with that, Merle. Yeah, only you. So, yeah. So we could we could see if we could maybe. We can, we can work on our Cheech and Chong um, <laughs> skit, Jen. So you have to work on your. Uh... Oh, oh, I see. It's me. <laughs> you can be my. You have to pick one. Oh, and, boy. And we'll see how that goes. Anyway. Okay. I'll oh, work so, on oh, it. I, I got another one. Good morning, Merle. Hitting 55 will qualify you for the 20% discount at Shoppers, Shoppers Drug Mart. <laughs> 20%? Oh, my God. Yeah, thanks, Tina. That's nice. Huh. So. Yeah. Take that. And, yeah. Uh, we got uh, Brett is our other friend out there who uh, 
he's an arborist as well. Mm-hmm. Good morning, kids. Merry Christmas. Less than two weeks left for pruning. We are bringing we bringing the grandmas out to your place next weekend. Low the mortgage payment for sure. Aha. Nice. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you, Brett. Make sure you say hi. Um, ask for Jen or I or or something like that. Would love to love to meet you in person and and say hi. Be awesome. And uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it snowing over at Spruce right now or? It was. Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can. Yep, it still yeah. is, Merle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm over here. It's not snowing where I'm at right now. Just to the east of. Oh, Spruce okay. Well, <laughs> you're in the beautiful spot then. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. the snow, but like you said, I heard you talking that it's Calgary. You know, wait a minute and it'll switch again. But so yeah, be it. I got one more text. I'm going to read. Good morning. Regarding the pruning of trees, can mm-hmm. we still prune our May Day or lilac and May and our mountain ash at this time? They do require different formulas of fertilizer, and when do we start? Do you thank you for the information? Um, the only reason I would prune any of those right now is really your mayday could prune like dead, damaged, disease, and they could be thinned out because you're going to get a, a a ton of blooms on that one, so you're not going to really affect that one. The lilac, I would just be careful. Same thing, dead, damage, or disease. Um, branching like that but you want to wait till more after it blooms before mm-hmm. if you want to do any shaping or anything like that and then the mountain ash absolutely i only prune those like dead damage disease or really crisscrossing branches they like to shade themselves they like a cooler inner trunk system so hmm. they don't like to be thinned out a ton so they kind of like when you see a mountain ash a really nice healthy one typically they're a little thicker up top then they they prefer that they like to and plus, I just don't like opening any wounds on the mountain ash because very susceptible. If they don't heal perfectly, um, they tend to get disease in them fairly easy. So on those, I always like to use a shot of copper spray. I don't ever use the um, the pruning tar or anything like that. It's it's not great for them. Um, but what I do like to do on some of those prunus. And uh, Mountain Ash is absolutely used the copper spray, create a little mixture, and just spread it over the wounds, and that and it'll help uh, prevent any of the disease and stuff that can get into your Mountain Ash. And we're going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we're going to go to the phone lines. And I believe Jen, there's Jen, I hear coming back in. Hi there. Hi. We're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Sylvie. Good morning, Hmm. Sylvie. Hi, Merle. My husband's listening downstairs. It's his question. <laughs> uh, we have um, old trails in the backyard. Looks like a runway. And uh, we have your green it up fertilizer. And I mentioned that he might want to sprinkle a little soil with some grass <laughs> seed on those those runways and then use his fertilizer. But is that yeah, the right that, thing to do? Yeah, that wouldn't hurt. And if you've been using it, you're going to have a really fast recovery anyways. Um, because you, if you've built, if you've used their fertilizer for a bit, you'll you'll have oh, yeah, a good years. phosphate. 
So you're going to have a good recovery. What that is is it's just when we get these heavier snow covers like we've had since Christmas. We've kind of we've had sort of six eight inches of snow, and if you've left your grass a little bit longer, what it does is it lets you or it lets those little uh, rodents and mice and whatever crawl through the grass undetected from any predators <laughs> and then they make their little tunnels and that underground and they're kind of they live in their own little world underneath their little parkade sort of thing and uh, <laughs> chew away the grass and uh, away they go but, he did so cut what, the grass really short in the fall okay. Okay, that's um, good. but uh, again still the same problem you know Are but you we do have two composters green... in the backyard yeah. Oh, yeah that'll bring them in and if you're near a green space that tends to bring them in a little bit more as well. So, yeah. So, so what, sprinkle a little soil with grass seed and then use the fertilizer. Yeah, that wouldn't hurt at all. Yep. So in the spring, when it when it thaws and you just start seeing things to green up a little bit, give it a really good raking, and then those really, if those areas been chewed right down, like you said, put a little bit of soil, a little bit of grass seed, hit it with your first dose of the green it up lawn fertilizer at that time. And then you'll be off to the races. It'll green up like crazy and fill in, no problem. Okay. Now, the other one in my front garden, along my walkway, I have like a dozen holes where they've gone down. We've tried juicy fruit. We've tried everything. Should I just fill that in with soil and hope my perennials yep. come back? Yep. Mm. That's all you should do. That's Okay. Uh, you can, can get that. a little bit crazy with that. I, and I remember hearing the juicy fruit. There's a few things. Um, but basically, yeah, just fill them back in. And just turn the soil over a little bit. If those are in your perennial beds, if it is soil, yeah. just cultivate. This makes it more uncomfortable for them, and then they tend to go away. Great. Okay. Thank you so Thanks. much. We'll be down to get some soil. Sounds <laughs> good. See ya. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I still have a little bit of time. We're going to go to Gail. Good morning, Gail. Mm. Yes. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I have oyster shell uh, disease on some of my apple trees, and uh, there seems to be some difference of opinion as to how it should be handled. Some people say spray it. Others say uh, do an injection, which is which. Um, you, you can do this the injection, but even most of typically how we treat it is with pure spray green. Mm -hmm. um, so early on in the spring, so if you can even just get a bit of a pressure washer on your hose, um, and just hose hose the trunk really well. If you see those heavy, um, or if it's heavier, if you can see the little scales, give it a little bit of pressure without damaging the bark. So, so just be careful on that. And then if you mix up the pure spray green, and you can spray it on. And then I even like to use a, um, and this we had it bad in the tree lot one year a few years ago. I'm um, just get like a good, a little bit of a rougher terry cloth. Um, face cloth, you know, like the one with a has a little bit of grit to it, but mm -hmm. not too much. Soak that in the pure spray green mixture, and then just sort of rub the branches with it, and that'll help take off all that scale damage. The problem is these trees are quite big. You know, one yeah. one of the is a two story high tree. Yeah. So then you'll then typically what we do is is spray them with that, and what I would probably do is if you give Mark a call. He can uh, he can set something up for him. He can have a look and give you a couple options, whether it be injection or if if we need to come out and spray it for you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, then, Merle. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
yeah, that's always the problem when they get too tall and mm -hmm. scale for whatever reason. And it's a lot of it has come from our Katoni Asters where it's just been mm -hmm. let go so badly. Now it's become quite contagious sort of all over the place. So it's kind of, uh, it's invading a lot of our plants. Yeah, it's, it is sad. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I can go to take a break. So if you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And we return. You're listening to Let's Talk Gar Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's lightly snowing and minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Megan Cobb. Six people were arrested at the Beltline protest yesterday, four for violating the injunction. One was the driver of a towed semi and one was on an outstanding warrant. The anti-mandate protesters started at Central Memorial Park and moved to City Hall. A spokesperson for Teamsters Canada Rail Conference says the union expects to be back at the bargaining table today after more than 3,000 CP Rail employees walked off the job last night. And Russian troops have stepped up their bombardment of the besieged port city of Mariupol with Ukrainian officials saying a strike flattened an art school used as a shelter by some 400 civilians. Snow and rain this morning, changing to sun and cloud this afternoon with a high of 6 degrees. Clouds and minus 3 overnight, cloudy and 10 degrees tomorrow. It's minus 1, breaking news when it happens, our next update at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And we're going to go to the phone lines. And I got Aaron on there. Good morning, Aaron. Morning. How are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, well, I'm putting up a new garden there. Um, and I would like to change it to a raised garden bed. Problem is, it is within feet of a old cottonwood tree. And I don't want the roots to go up in there and totally kill off all my plants. Is there any way I could stop that? Um, well, you can deter it. Um, so if you if you go a little bit deeper with your um, with your bed, so if you go into like the 24, 36 inches, um, it'll it'll deter it and ensure that the tree is still getting sufficient water because when you start watering your garden more, that's going to attract a lot of those root system up into that garden area. So and there's nothing that really can hold it back. Like like I've, those poplar roots can go through asphalt. If you put a little bit of landscape fabric, it won't do anything. <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of figured. <laughs> yeah, you could try to dig down and remove the roots from under where you're going to be putting the garden. Um, like dig down a, a foot or so and try and remove some of it. But there's going to be a lot of roots. And if it's a big old poplar, it's, like I said, especially when you start watering, it's going to say like, hey, this guy, this is great. I'm going to head up there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Would you try and like maybe put like a... A roll of cinder blocks underneath and kind of raise it up a bit, or is that kind of a not? It's not same that thing. Much like when the water goes through it, it's just going to, like it. It doesn't take much. Like those roots, they get going. Um, probably what I would do is probably try to. I would dig down that sort of six eight inch, remove whatever larger roots would be underneath my um, garden bed, and mm -hmm. then maybe probably put some fabric. But really, there's not a lot you can do, like I said, just ensure that it's getting enough water on the other side 
so that way it's not just coming in after all the art. And when you do see them pop up through there, you can just paint a little bit of Roundup on the ones that come up in through the garden or dig down and cut them out. But uh, it, it, won't, okay. it won't come up instantly. It might take a few years before they start getting in there. But, uh, yeah, I would just, uh, yeah, you, that's your best bet is just dig down or, or try and find another location where it's – and same thing, look for a good sunny location. Okay. Well, fair enough. Well, hopefully that tree can come down maybe in the next couple of years, but I don't want to take it down this year. Yeah, if it's nice and healthy, yeah, it should stay. But, yeah, just evaluate. Look at it. If it looks like it only has a couple of years left, might as well take it out and uh, and and deal with it now. Then you can always put something else or, or deal with it and just start on your landscape. That's kind of how I do it when I see something that's totally diseased or if it's older. And if, it, yeah. if it's just a hindrance, it's easier just to get rid of it deal with it and then move on from there and uh and then that way you don't waste the three years or whatever doing what you want to do fair enough all righty thank you thanks aaron <laughs> all right those are hard eh, jen like because you, yeah. you you kind of i and i'm the last person to cut a tree down um, but if they're in the wrong spot or if it's a hindrance if it's over top of your sidewalk yeah it's, it's uh it's a shame it's, but it, it is it's for the greater good yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I just uh, got a tax, and this this kind of thing concerns me. Mm. Says, Hi, Merle. My neighbor cut down three of her pine trees in half. She had the arborist mm. cut all the branch off and then cut only half the tree, leaving the stumps about six or eight feet high. Huh. She sent a picture in. She thinks it will grow back. And spruce trees aren't, they're not like a shrub where you can rejuvenate it. Like so, those stumps basically that those trees Aww, are dead. That's so and sad. If the arborist gave her that advice, he's not an arborist. So, just please, when you guys are hiring somebody, we do have lots of great arborists in Calgary, <coughs> including us. But there is other guys out there that are good. Just check their credentials and maybe get a second opinion because these mm. were probably they must have been forty foot high. Like a tree like that's worth twenty grand each, right? Right. So if you cut them down like this, it's just they won't grow back, and it, it, so it's just bad advice. So no, those stumps need to come right down, and oh, basically it's going to die. It yeah. is. It's just and once you cut them too, you can't do anything, right? You can't. Right. Glue, you can't glue them back together. It's uh, anyways. Oh, dear. That oh. it concerns me. And Mark was out doing some quotes yesterday, looking around at trees and. And he sent me a couple of pictures of just a bunch of bad topping and, and some yeah. of the stuff that happens. And so get a couple of quotes, check what they do, ask why they're pruning it. And right. not a good pruning, you most of the time you shouldn't tell that it's been pruned. It'll look clean and healthy, the structure. But if you're looking for that haircut where you walk in with a mullet and then you walk <laughs> out and you want to look like the rock, like – that that shouldn't happen to your trees. It's not good for them. Shrubs, right. it's different if you want to rejuvenate them. Certain things can do that. But for your big big shade trees, spruce trees, things like that, like they don't like that type of pruning. It's not good for them. So Yeah. It's Aww. it's 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 nasty. So it's anyways, so please don't do that to your trees. Call a good arborist and uh and deal with somebody that really knows what they're doing to make it a lot better for your trees. Mm -hmm. And let's bring Janet up on the line. Good morning, Janet. Okay. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. 
Of um, course. I was help? into uh, your store there and picked up some pure spray green in the fall um, because I have a couple of junipers and um, some spruce trees. That uh, So the juniper, it had... Um, it looked like a like a real great network of spider web all on mm. it. Um, um, anyway, and it was killing the branches. I trimmed it all off. But the problem is, is the pure spray green says don't use it on an evergreen. Yeah, on those ones you can use it, but you can you can rinse it off. I just oh, don't okay. leave it on. So spray it on and then rinse it off. How, and yeah, how much it, time you, between putting it on? Um, a couple hours. Like give it enough time just to work and do its thing. And oh, then good. you can rinse it off. There is some other, it's probably spider mites, but also with your evergreens, a lot of times just a good hose, like mm-hmm. get out your uh, uni nozzle on the end of your garden hose. Yep. And just, I always, I love doing that to them because they almost, <laughs> they almost talk to you and say, hey, thanks for cleaning yep. me out, right? You just yeah. give them that really nice shower. It'll mm-hmm. knock all that webbing out and things like that. It's, it's, it works really well. So. As far as that, if, and if you get it really bad, you can spray the Peter Spray Green, leave it on for a couple hours. Don't do it on a really sunny day. Okay. That's the thing with it. They don't want oils on those things because it can burn them okay. and get the reflection okay. from the sun. So mm-hmm. it can go on there, do its job, but then you need to rinse it off. So just do it on a like earlier morning, leave it on for a couple hours on a cloudy day, and then you'll be fine. Okay. But uh, lot, like I said, a lot of times the union nozzle will do just great and just give your spruce tree or whatever your evergreen just a really good hosing, and okay. it, it'll the totally appreciate tree, it. The spruce tree, I've got two of them, and and they're they're wild, so they're not. I didn't get them from a nursery, but they have uh, like a um, it's a rusty pod growing on uh, on a lot of the spots. Um, and yeah, I have one that's really bad, and, and it, um, I should, I don't know what the name of this is, but it, it, it's not a pine cone that's on it. I know there's yeah, an insect. Yeah, it sort of curls over. Yeah, it kind of looks yeah. like a bent finger. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a type of aphid. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, what's the name of it? It's a, in, but it, what it is, it's a, they get in there, what, they go after it when it's, um, when the new growth comes out and it's nice and soft and supple, mm-hmm. the bugs get in there. It's almost like a weevil, okay. um, but it but it's a type of aphid. But it gets in there and it eats that new growth from the out inside out, mm-hmm. and that just turns mm-hmm. it into a skeleton sort of thing. Yes, yeah. And that's pure and so if you break that, that, no, because it's right inside. So it, those ones are tough to get. Like yeah, it, it, it's it's almost catching it at the right time so just go in and break off all those if you can whatever ones you can get mm-hmm. at try and break those off um it's one to hard to control okay it's it's yeah it's a tough one but if you pull those off and you break them open you can see all the little holes in there where it's yes, broke you can. through yeah 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 yeah, so that's so, so in so at this time of the year, these aren't these aren't very big spruce trees right now, so I can really get at them. So break all of those pieces off. Yep, and, and, the best and then thing just to hose is, it off. Yep, and the best thing to do is just feed your spruce tree, give it good water, feed it with thirty ten ten. Yeah, um, a good healthy one. It, it'll help combat that as well. Mm-hmm. But you get that silic aphids. Or, I, I, I'll look up the name. I can't remember exactly, um, but it's a type of aphid on the on the spruce tree and I'll mention it after, but it's, it's a tough one and I'll see if there's any, if there's any recommendations on treatment, but really that's, it's, it's a tough one. It's like you said, cause you, unless you're using a systemic on them mm-hmm. to get in there, it's sort of like our birch leaf minor. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. All righty. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so All much right. for your help. Good luck. You're very welcome. All okay. right. We need to take a break. And if you'd like to join us after that, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I believe I still have Jen Lemire with me. Hey, Here Jen. I am. Hi. All right. So that uh, it's called spruce gall adelgid, and, and oh. some people say aphid or adelgid. Um, when I'm okay. looking it up again, to, so there's a. <laughs> it, there you uh, go. Sounds like my father-in-law's Adelbert. <laughs> it was adelgid. <laughs> 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 That's bad. Oh, sorry. That, that was sorry, funny. Addy. No. Anyways, all right. Let's get back to business here. Back to business. And yeah, spru- <clears throat> seeing it saying to spray a type of oil on them, or there's a couple orthine which we can't get anymore. So I'll see if Mark um, has a treatment for that. We can do that with our triazon injections that we do through prune it up. Or if there's any kind of the um, um, deep root um, systemic stuff that Mark might be able to treat those with, I'll I'll find out yeah. from him if we can do that. And I believe um, we did Janet, I think, right? Yep. All right, and let's go to Genevieve. Nice. Good morning, Genevieve. Good morning, Merle. I How have brought you? in a plant. A couple of weeks ago, and it has aphids in it. It's eaten away at the leaves. What okay. could I do to prevent that? Um, it's a well, it's an anisin. Can't remember anis. A n t h u r. Anthurium. What mm-hmm. is it? Anthurium. Anthurium. Yeah. Does it have? Does it Two have sort of like red? Now. Does it have red heart sort of blooms or yes. shiny? Yeah. So yes. that, yeah, that's anthurium. Yeah. Red heart. Yep. Yes. Um, well, if you have aphids, they typically don't eat the leaves. They'll what they'll do is they'll sort of suck all the juice out of it. Um, so can you see the little green bugs? No, I can't. I can only see where it's kind of chewed away and it's dark hmm. and kind of grayish color right in the middle of the leaf and it's done it's on to three leaves now okay. but we it can go it like only has might... one now it's got three leaves that are getting kind of eaten away I think it sounds like more it could be a um, a fungus possibly on there uh, what are can you... I do to um... prevent more leaves of yeah, so what I would do is pick those ones off that already affected because they, okay. the, they won't come back. I would probably hold off on the watering because those can be, they're almost like a succulent. You can run them a little bit drier. Mm-hmm. Yes, it said water, six ice cubes or a quarter cup of water once a week. Yeah, that might even be a bit too much depending on where you have it. And at this time of year, as we head into spring and summer, that's probably a little bit more appropriate, but through the winter hmm. time, that that might be a little bit too much still. Okay, so, I'll let it dry a bit. Yeah, 
So you, you let it dry out a little bit more in between watering and, uh, yeah, I think that's more of your problem. And you okay. can try the pure spray green because it will deal with it. It's okay. a fungicide. Well, I, I have pure spray green. What do I do? It? Just spray it? Yep. And it works as an insecticide and a fungicide. So if you do have a fungus on there, it'll help treat that. And if there is any aphids, it'll treat that as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't water it or fertilize it? No, no, right, not right now. Let's just get it healthy again a little bit, get it back yes. into into not doing those uh, issues with the leaves there. So okay. to me, it sounds like sort of, Jen, we looked at that Hoya the other day. And mm -hmm. I think it's sort of on oh. the same vein. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my is doing really good. <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's not too far away from the new plant. <laughs> yeah, so so just uh, on a new one, and like I said, six ice cubes, that's a fair bit of water. And when it soaks in like that, it really gets it moist, So which is good, but you want to let it dry between waterings. Don't just oh. follow the calendar when on our watering. Mm -hmm. Like just... Do it when it's dry. So it might be five days, it might be eight days, it might be ten days. Okay. So, yeah, don't just do it because it's Tuesday. Um, it, they, they prefer if you follow just when they're dry, we'll water them. Okay. What about my Christmas cactus? The buds come on to bloom and they fall off and the odd tips of the plant leaves fall off. Hmm. Jen? What's happening there? <laughs> Jen, Jen, it could be a watering thing, too. What is your watering schedule like for that guy? Uh, stop watering it till it dries out? or? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it can sit dry, just like Merle was talking about with the anthurium. That one can sit dry even a little bit longer. Um, you, They'll give you some clues when it needs some watering, when the... Um, I don't know if you saw, we had a little taco test with some of those succulents when you can fold the leaves because they're softer because they're pulling all of that moisture out of their leaf. So, yeah. I mean, you don't want to let that go every time, too, but that's a good indicator um, when the plant would need watering. So I'm, I'm wondering if it could be a watering thing where it just can't hang on to all the moisture, and so it's just dropping, right? The cells get so full, and a lot uh, of times the leaves pop off. My son has three, a pink, red, and a white, and they are just filled with blossoms right now. Beautiful. Oh, so nice. I lost my green thumb and he had dumped it. <laughs> no, that's good. It's oh, good to I'm pass sure those things it. on. It's good <laughs> to pass okay, those on, Genevieve. Okay. All right, Aww. take care. Bye now. Bye. All right. All right, we need to take a break and we'll return after this. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire, and we are taking your questions mm -hmm. <coughs> live right here at uh, on 770. If you'd like to call us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And we're going to go to Brandon. Good morning, Brandon. Hey, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, I was just wondering, I've got some spruce trees that I'm about. I live east of Calgary on an acreage. And I've got a bunch of trees, but there's uh, six along my driveway that are very mature. They're probably 30 or 40 feet tall, and I'm kind of, uh, you know, they're probably planted in the 
70s or 80s, I imagine, or something. Yeah. They have, like, black, I don't know if it's white or white on them. And, um, and I'm just wondering, do I, like, maybe I should have someone else look at them, but do I, should I be planting in between for the future that when I have to cut them down or something that, you know, they're along <coughs> my driveway, so I'm going to cry when they die. Aww. Yeah, and, uh, but if you keep them you know, healthy, I, I think you're on the right track. I would probably, like I said, maybe give Mark a call, come out. Spruce trees every three to four years, they need a good cleaning out. So what what does is our arborist gets inside the tree and they go through the center of them, and they remove all that dead wood. It just improves the airflow. So it looks like it sounds like you're getting a little bit of that as a little bit of black fungus on them, and so they just need a good cleaning out. And and Mark will be able to give you some advice on watering. And is there grass underneath them or is there bark mulch or? Um, sorry, did I did I say uh, spruce? I meant poplar. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, pop. Yeah, okay, poplar. You're getting that black ooze coming out. Yeah, they're like hard. Well, on the like on the leaf, you know, kind of on the yeah. branches there. There's kind of a hard black. Yeah, you know, some of that is fairly of. normal because when they when they sweat out, some of that stuff will dry up, and and the poplars are fairly. But same with same thing with them. They need to be cleaned out every few years. Like if you don't remove any of those dead, damaged, or or diseased branches, it spreads through a poplar quite quickly. So yeah. if you get up there, you clean them up, um, remove all the crisscrossing branches, any of the dead wood, it yeah. makes all the difference to the health and, and the longevity of them. If they get left, and that's where you get the bad thing, the thing starts dying through the center of it, and it takes the life of it pretty quickly. Okay, so, yeah, and I, I have been, I have been uh, cleaning out all the any dead branches and yeah, just leave and, a little bit. You'll sort of see, like, right where it meets the trunk, you'll see a little bump. You just yeah. want to go just like a centimeter past that bump so it'll just heal over nicely. It's just called okay. collar pruning. You'll sort of see the collar sticking out, so you'll you'll do that. But, yeah, if it spends, take a look at them, see if you can assess it, if you can get up to the top of them. Um, do that. If not, I would uh, give one of the arborists a call. I said Mark would be more than happy to come out, give you a shout, or give and you a how, quote on it. How long are they going to live? They can live a long time, like 50, 60, 70 years, if they're looked after properly. Yeah, and so should a guy be planting something in between them? Yeah, you might want to add, like, again, you don't want to go too close because then you cause more problems, right? Because then okay. you get trees growing into oh. each other. And and then that's not good. I, like I said, I think I'd assess the health of them before I worry too much. Like see if yeah. see what people think. If you think you're going to get another thirty years out of them, then I wouldn't worry about it too much right now. Because if you plant okay. something in between it, you're going to cause more problems than you're solving. Gotcha. Alrighty. Okay. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. We got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's mostly cloudy and minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. About a thousand people gathered at Central Memorial Park yesterday to protest COVID-19 health measures. Calgary Police Chief Mark Newfeld says a plan was worked out with protesters allowing them to hold their demonstration without violating a temporary injunction. 
However, six people were arrested, four in Central Memorial Park for violating the injunction, one on an outstanding warrant, and one was the driver of a semi that was towed. One of those arrested faces a charge of assaulting a police officer. But Newfeld says the move of protesters from the park to City Hall was part of the plan. After speaking with the demonstrators this morning, we permitted them to move from their staging area at Central Memorial Park to a more appropriate protesting location at City Hall. That occurred shortly after 2 p.m. By using the sidewalks and without an escort from police of any kind, the group went in smaller uh, subgroups and made their way down to City Hall, and this was not in violation of the injunction order. Newfeld believes while a few people, including some from a counter-protest, were more interested in provoking a confrontation, most seemed interested in holding their protest without violating the injunction. Newfeld adds he feels the plaza at City Hall is a more appropriate location than the Beltline community. A spokesperson for Teamsters Canada Rail Conference says the union is expecting to be back at the bargaining table with a mediator today after a labor dispute with CP Rail led to a work stoppage last night. The two sides are still at odds over 26 outstanding issues. Federal Labor Minister Seamus O'Regan is in Calgary to help with negotiations and says this work stoppage couldn't come at a worse time. Canada's supply chains are still reeling from COVID-19 and the Russian invasion of Ukraine has placed enormous pressure on oil markets and grain supplies, two commodities that rely heavily on rail to get the farmers into Canadian consumers like you. Roughly 45 Canadian industry groups say any disruption would hurt Canada's freight capacity, leading to impacts on the broader economy. Whether it is seeding a crop or delivering it to market, farms run on fuel. President of the Alberta Federation of Agriculture, Lynn Jacobson, says high pump prices are hurting producers. Our agriculture is carbon dependent. Those energy prices have a big effect on what happens to us, not only for our fuel, but also our inputs. The one help is that producers can buy market, marked fuel for their work vehicles for $0.06 cents a litre less than market price. A local fundraiser for Ukraine is getting some international assistance. United for Ukraine is seeking to raise 35, th- or 35 tons of goods during a jo- donation drive Monday and Wednesday at the Polish Hall up in Edmonton. One of the men behind it is Deputy Premier Tomic- Thomas Lukasik, who says an international airline is lending them a plane to take the donations from Edmonton to Europe. I made a cold call to the president and CEO of Polish Airlines lot in Warsaw and said, I need an airplane. And you know what? Instead of asking me, how crazy are you? This gentleman said, what kind of an airplane do you need? The plane will be picking up the donations on March 28th. Meanwhile, Ukrainian authorities say Russia's military bombed an art school sheltering some 400 people in the besieged port city of Mariupol. The fall of Mariupol would allow Russian forces across southern and eastern Ukraine to link up. But Western military analysts say that even if the surrounded city is taken, the troops battling for control there may be too depleted to help secure Russian breakthroughs on other fronts. Taking a look at sports, Matthew Kachuk put up three points as the Calgary Flames trounced the Canucks 5-2 in Vancouver last night. Kachuk had a goal and two assists, and Dan Vladar made 23 saves for a Flames team that was playing the second game of a back-to-back. The Flames now have a couple of days off before hosting the Sharks on Tuesday. Canada's Carrie Einerson is looking to improve on her 1-1 record at the Women's World Curling Championship today in Prince George. Einerson easily defeated Italy to kick off the tournament yesterday before losing to Norway. 
The Canadians face Turkey in the afternoon session before going up against Switzerland in the evening draw. Global News Sky Tracker weather, a mix of snow and rain this morning and that will change to sun and cloud this afternoon with a high of 6 degrees. A few clouds overnight cooling down to a low of minus 3, increasing cloudiness throughout the day tomorrow with a high of 10. Sunshine and 14 on Tuesday. It's minus 1 at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're going to go to the phone lines, and I believe Jen is still with us. Good morning. Welcome back, Jen. Thank you, Merle. Ready? All right. Yeah. I had, a little, I had a little bit of snow come through, but it sort of cleared oh. up. So and just a <laughs> reminder to everybody, it, it is yeah. the first day of spring, and of Yay. course, in Calgary, <laughs> it was the opposite. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Laverne. Good morning, Laverne. Good morning, Mer. Uh, thank you very much for hosting such an informative program. We get a lot of help from from uh, not very good gardeners here. Uh, we had some landscaping done in our front yard uh, last fall, and they uh, trimmed our spruce trees up from the bottom. They're uh, low-lying branches. And we're yeah. wondering, should those... Uh, uh, wounds be treated? No. Did they take them? Are they? Did they cut them off close to the trunk? Yes. Okay, and that's fine. No, just just let them. They'll just heal over themselves. That's fine. Oh, oh good. Okay. Thank yeah, you very no, much. No, they did all that right. That's all good. Good. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Laverne. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> um, and another way, some people do it. Some people leave them about six, eight inches out, and then they let them die off. And dry out, and then they kind of you kind of break them off with a rubber mallet. I've seen hmm. that in it. Really? And yeah. So I, I kind of like just pruning it right, sort of a little bit close to the collar, let it do its thing, and uh, and let it heal properly, and uh, and go from there. Same thing with the spruce; they have lots of their natural sap that just will cover that up, seal it over, so you don't need to use any of the pruning paint. I don't really use the pruning paint for anything. The only one I really recommend is the is the lac balsam. It's a bark replacement. So if you get um, animal damage or physical damage to it, or sometimes birds, or if you happen to prune something and and you didn't do quite right in it, and you get a bit of a tear or something like that, um, the lac balsam works really good. Actually, I had to use it on my uh, lemon tree. What? Because, uh, uh, I don't know, the lemon tree got hooked onto someone's shirt or something because it has oh, those prickly no. things. <laughs> and it tore one of the branches a few weeks ago. So oh. it was bent over. So I got a, I got a, a whatever, the little zap strap, pulled it, so it, hooked it to the main trunk and to the branch that got bent, pulled it tight so it would heal, and then mm -hmm. I sealed it up with the lac balsam. And that branch didn't die. It totally leafed out. Everything was really? perfect. So. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Actually, I'll send you a picture of that. So it yeah. Just, it, uh, it healed up nicely, so it can be used on on things like that just to seal things up. And uh, Good to know, you, Merle. It, yeah. If you get at things like that, if it happens, and uh, if you get at it to it quick enough before it dries out, the yeah. tissues of that will heal themselves together and uh, reconnect, So, which is which is a good thing. Your lemon tree is so resilient, apparently. So I, I know. <laughs> uh, 
But I did the deep watering last week. I had Derek okay. uh, lift all the pots up into the sink, him and I, and we filled them up. Just really give them that really good soaking that I talk about. Yeah. It makes all the difference because over the winter, we sort of a couple months, we've just been watering from up top. But then just to give them that drink, you could just honestly, the next day, within three days, almost had new growth come out of the out of one of those bambino figs, the smaller fig. Yep. The fiddlehead. And yep. uh, new growth came out like crazy. And then I have one of those uh, laurel ficus. And it just lots of new growth. So it's really? just that time of year and that with the sun getting brighter, yeah. Getting really good drink. We fertilized and just sent out all kinds of new growth. So it was awesome. uh, it was definitely time to uh, do that. And uh, same with the lemon, gave that the really good drink. So it uh makes makes all the difference when you do it that way. But good. let's go to I think that was Laverne. We're gonna go to Maria. Good morning, Maria. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hi there. How can we help you? Well, first of all, I want to second the the last caller and say I've learned so much from listening to your show. <laughs> I've learned that my cedar, it, it, it's rare that it's still alive. It's been alive for the last 22 years. And thanks to you, I've been snow banking a lot. But what, awesome. Um, <laughs> what, I sent a picture in of a plant who I assume is some kind of succulent it used to be full that pot of the same kind of thing, but I yeah. thought it was I thought it was way too full, and I divided the plant a couple of years ago, and it's been just hanging on since. I tried yeah, that's not a to sense, water it. It's in too big of a pot. Like that's a sense of area. Uh-huh. Um, so what I would probably do is see all those little dead lower branch or the little leftover dead foliage that was that looks like it's peeled off. Yeah. So what I would do is I'd take that out of the pot, just tip it over onto the counter, like put down some newspaper or something, whatever. Just take that out of the pot and and just clean up all that. And you'll see there won't be very much root system to it because it's kind of laying sideways. So yeah. what I would do is I'd probably put it into a four or six inch pot to reestablish okay. the roots and uh, get it standing up nicely. And it should do fine. Like sensevieres are very easy um, to transplant. They they're fairly re, um, fairly durable, um, but it, it it's laying sideways on this, so it's kind of flopped over. So let's Aww. get it into a proper pot, stand it up nicely, and you can once you peel all those dead branches or leaves off, you'll be able to plant it a little bit deeper. And if you have it in a smaller pot, it'll support it, so it'll stand up properly. And what kind of light? Does it want, and how do I know when it wants water? Right where you, right where you got it. It's uh, nice and bright in the window. I see you have another little succulent beside it that's doing great. Um, same thing. It likes the nice warm heat like that. It can take shade as well, but it, it prefers. Uh, it doesn't mind a bright light like that, and mm-hmm. fairly, fairly drought resistant. Um, sense of areas are sort of one of the ones that are hard to kill. So. Even though you've tried to kill it in this pot, it's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and this is it's not gonna, a warm it's window. Not, it, is, it is bright light, but it is not a warm window. It's okay. cold. Okay, that's fine. If it, as long as it's bright light like that, and it looks like it's far enough away, it should do good, Maria. And uh, and like I said, that's a gorgeous um, sense of area. It's one of the shorter one, Jen, mm. with the variegated, the white 
and it's just uh, it's it's one of the real thicker ones. So, but it'll Beautiful. be fine. But just let's just get it into a smaller terracotta pot, um, get it standing up nicely, and it'll do great for you. It'll start sending up those pops like you were saying when you separated it last time. It'll mm-hmm. start sending up that again because they okay. do that when they when they get a little bit root bound. That's sort of why they start doing that as well. They're filling that pot nicely, but so that you, pot's just too big. So you 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 divide them how? Well, and- a lot of times you can just pull them out of the pull the whole plant out of the pot, and you can sort of see where the new ones come up. And I just use like a bread knife, a sharp knife, and just cut through the root like that. And you can just separate them like that, and it's really quite easy. And let them dry out a little bit after you cut. Let, leave them out on the counter for a couple hours, two or three hours. Just let that callus over, and then stick it back into the soil, and then you're good to go. Okay. Can I ask another question? Sure. I have a plum tree in my backyard that is probably going to die soon. It, I pruned some dead branches earlier last spring summer and it didn't revive at all and it, mm. even a couple of more branches d- died off lost its leaves so is there any advantage to getting rid of it if you think that the lot when i sell it will be developed is there any reason to keep the stick in the ground well if, if, if it's not looking good and the thing i always find it's more of a deterrent because if people are looking to buy something or buy your house or buy a lot they, anything that looks bad adds to that right so if you have it cleaned up that's one less thing that a buyer has to do and that adds to the curb appeal and to the sale of of your mm-hmm. lot or the house that you're that you're looking to sell okay Thank you. Alrighty, take care. Bye. Thanks, Maria. Bye bye. And I find that in, and I always like when people use our spruce it up. They always, if you watch some of those home and garden shows and mm-hmm. real estate shows, they go, "Hey, we got to spruce up the yard or spruce up the house." I always <laughs> kind of laugh. There. But it's true; it makes all yes, the difference when you, yeah. Um, yeah, it makes all the difference when you're uh, uh, doing that. Like if you go to sell something, clean up those little things and do that. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it makes a big, big difference when you go to sell. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to where do we got here? We're going to go to the text line. I don't think we have anybody on the. Okay. Okay, actually, we do have a couple callers. We're going to go to Darlene. Good morning, Darlene. Hello. Hi Good there. Morning. Good morning. Sorry, I just want to know if there's a difference between. GMO and hybrid seeds. Well, gene- yeah, well, genetically modified mm-hmm. seeds. And most of the seeds that we carry are not genetically modified. You'll find they're non-GMO okay. for the most part. So, um, But some of the GMO things have been very good. Like it's created some corn that will grow in Africa and things that um, make things better for for certain parts of the world. So, but so, most of okay. the seeds that we're sell, selling are heritage seeds or or f- first generation seeds or non GMO. So okay, and what kind of tomatoes can I buy in the store to germinate into little plants? Um, the, oh, you mean from the fruit that you buy at at the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Pretty much any of the tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you find one you like, you can just pull the seeds out. And uh, I know it was funny, like Stan Carver called last week, 
and he's a, a gentleman that we've dealt with over the years at Spruce and different projects and, and different things. But I had mentioned we both seen this thing on Facebook that where you get a tomato and you just take it in slices and then you just lay the slice of the tomato right in the soil and then bury it and then it grew right from right from what? that. Yeah. <laughs> But that was Facebook. You said, you, yeah, we just seen it on there. But that's all you do is you just, oh. if you have your tomato that you like, you just slice it into yeah. thinner slices. Huh. And those, the seeds will be in the middle. You can just plant that right in the soil and then just bury it with like a half inch of soil. And oh, that will germinate and grow from there. Okay. Or wow. if you want to pull the seeds out, you can do it the old yeah. fashioned way too is pull the seeds out, let them dry out a little bit, and then plant them. Okay, well, I could do a little experiment. Absolutely. A little control study. Yeah. <laughs> Good idea. Of what kind only, of only, so it doesn't have only, to be an organic tomato. No. no I'm thinking. No. Okay. Okay. Uh, talking about seeds, can I do that with uh, butternut squash or that spaghetti squash seeds? You can well, save seeds, but they do. They need to dry out. They need to go through a little bit of a more of a process, and they need to oh, be from I, a mature I know to dry fruit. them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. If people want to save seeds, that's how all these seed companies do that, right? Yeah. Like they're they're out there and they save all the seeds. It's okay. a lot of work. And and they should maybe um germinate and produce a crop. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. okay. Cuz it, it just breaks my heart when you're you know, cleaning up the butternut squash for supper and there you are throwing out like half a cup of seeds. Yeah. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. If you want to join us after the break, um, you can give us a call at 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hey, while we're waiting for Merle to come back, I was just looking up a little bit of information about Sorry. the hybrid. There you are. Hi. I, I had the, I was talking to myself. I had the button off. I coughed and I turned <laughs> off my button. Sorry. So I, I did oh. all that spiel about the... Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I apologize. Oh, Merle. Um, what, what were you saying to yourself? I was just talking. I got a text in here about the funky, uh, funky orchid. And oh. I was just going to explain what it is. It's a, uh, it's just called. Uh, those are the pups. You know when it sends out a new orchid on the top of the old flower stem, mm-hmm. and 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 what it is, it's sending out a new plant. That's sort of how it reproduces. So what you do with those is just let it grow more and more roots, and then you can cut it off, and then you can actually transplant that into your pot, and it'll create another orchid. So you could have so multiple cool. orchids. In the same pot, or Lucky. just do that. Yeah. Anyways, I apologize for that. Wait. I was sort of I was wondering why I didn't hear nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> we were wondering so where met. you went. Yeah, um, no, yeah. I'm just talking away without uh, anybody hearing me. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone line, and we're going to go to Kim. Good morning, hey, Kim. Good morning. How are you guys doing on this frosty morning? You know, we go from bathing suit weather one day to snowsuit weather the next day. True. Welcome it's to Alberta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, hey, I I have a, a couple questions. I know that you have um have have helped me on a number of things, and I thank you so so much. And I have a question. 
my brain is just coming back. Um, I have a uh, sand cherry that maybe was about three feet tall in the fall, and it needed to be moved ahead a, a few inches and off to the yeah. side a few inches. So my son, um, muscular son, has more power than me, so he dug it out, and we um, amended the soil and put it back in, and now I'm looking at it with its bare branches, and it's getting ready to probably grow here in the next month or so. But can I prune? Now, is that a prunus um, family member, and can I prune it here in the spring? Because I... I think I recall you only prune maybe a third of it off. Is that correct? Yeah, and if you've transplanted it, though, Kim, I'd sort of wait and see what it does. Like okay. I would uh, water so it really don't well. Don't it too much. That's what you're no, saying. No, water don't it really well. It. Give it a good shot of Rage Plus or something to help really, because after you've transplanted it, um, just okay. help get it going. And then just okay. sort of see if it dies back. Purple leaf sand cherries tend to get a fair bit of winter kill here in Calgary region. In our okay. area, um, right. so it's one that I don't use a whole lot anymore in our landscape. I prefer yeah, exactly. like exactly like it's an old uh, school shrub. That's what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, the Diablo nine barks and things. If you want that purple color, just yeah. a lot more durable. You get you just get too much winter kill with those for whatever reason. But so if you do not. like you like you got there, Kim, just watered it really well this spring and, until it leaves out. Give it a couple shots of Rage Plus. Because um, that'll really help reestablish the roots, okay. and uh, and then see what it does. Okay, I, can I ask one more question? Sure. Okay, um, I, I'm a, a a cheap gardener, so um, normally in the fall winter, most people throw out the dracaenas. No, not me. I pot it up and take it inside and use it as a house plant. So when yep. I put it out in the garden the next spring. It's like grown three times the size, so it looks very vivacious when I put it Absolutely. out in the spring. What would you suggest time-wise? I know they're frost tender, so would you say the May long weekend? Yeah, yeah. Jashina can take a little bit of frost, so I mid-May to end of May, you'll be totally fine. Okay. And what? one more teeny question. Um, the Hoya <laughs> plant, propagating the Hoya plant, like I've got two branches that are about two feet long and I go, oh no, I want to pot that up. So I trim it off the two foot long branch and trim it down to maybe 12 inches so that looks nice as a house plant. But then I cut it on the angle before the nodes and then I plant it, do I put it in a cup of water or should I plant it with a root stimulator to stimulate the root How would you do it, Jen? Well, it's funny that we were just talking about that the other day in the greenhouse. Um, I'm a water propagator. That's that's I think Jessica's well, also I'm, a fan yeah, of that. Yeah, I am yeah. too. So, but, but I, I know. Had, yeah, there's a customer that came in the other day, and she does it both ways, and she's had great success. So, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. I know I I just gave my friend thinking that I've done the good thing, and I had it in the water, and I gave it the high middle number because that's root production or fruiting or flowering. Um, but then all of a sudden we saw little, little tiny, and I would call them gnats. And, and hmm. I don't know if there's fungus gnats or are gnats just a fungal thing. 
They'll, found, they'll come in the soil for sure. Okay. So yeah. if they're if you overwater your soil, they'll develop in the soil. That's correct. I used to suggest to customers when I worked in the greenhouse, you know, those those dry cleaner bags. I said, put, yep. put it in the bottom of a dry cleaner bag and close it up, and then it suffocates them. Is that correct, or is it baking um, Not really, because when you open it up, they're going to be there. Like It takes a long time. But we got to go, Kim. Thanks a lot. Okay. we got to okay. take a break. You're listening Thank to you so, so much. Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's cloudy and minus one in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Six people were arrested at the Beltline protest yesterday, four for violating the injunction, one was the driver of a towed semi, and one was arrested on an outstanding warrant. The anti-mandate protest started at Central Memorial Park and moved to City Hall. A spokesperson for Teamsters Canada Rail Conference says the union expects to be back at the bargaining table today after more than 3,000 CP Rail employees walked off the job late last night. And a Toronto-area mosque is considering keeping its doors locked during prayers after a man wielding an axe and bear spray interrupted an early morning prayer and allegedly attacked congregants yesterday. Peel Regional Police say 24-year-old Mohammed Moiz Omar is facing several charges in what is believed to be a hate-motivated incident. Snow and rain this morning, changing to sun and cloud this afternoon, a high of 6, clouds and minus 3 overnight, cloudy and 10 tomorrow. It's minus 1, breaking news when it happens, our next update at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here this time. And <laughs> Let's Talk Garden is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Cowards Year-Round Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And let's go to the phone line, Jen. And hey. we're going to go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. How can we help I you? Um, I have a question about some chili pepper plants that I had in our small greenhouse last year. Um, I did start them from seed and then um, transplant the seedlings into the greenhouse. I had quite an issue. Um, I think when I introduced some larger pepper plants that I had purchased um, from somewhere um, with, I don't know if they were spider mites or bugs, but they kind of covered the stem of the pepper plants were underneath the leaves. Uh, a few times throughout the summer, I sprayed them just with kind of a homemade insecticidal um, spray that I had made uh, to kind of no avail. Like they would be a little bit better for a while and then they seem to always come back. Should I be worried about uh, using that same soil in the greenhouse this year? Uh, is there something I can do to prevent all of that from happening again? Yeah, I would probably I would probably change the soil, um, okay. but also if it's aphids, which peppers love to get aphids and spider, they need to be get they need to get treated like three times typically. Like okay. so, if you spray them today, do it again yeah. in five days, and then again in five days. Okay, so um, about five to, days apart. To, yeah, to get to change the cycle. And to okay. get it, because sometimes they're born pregnant or not. So they are the aphids, and then they just rehatch, rehatch, rehatch. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, unfortunately, peppers, they because they're just so s supple and lots of juices in them, 
Uh, pests okay. do do love them. So another yeah. thing I'd probably use is you can get the blue and the yellow sticky those uh, pest strips that they oh, stick yeah. on there. Those mm-hmm. work really good with peppers as well. Oh, okay, that's good and to I'd know. And I probably do the blue and the yellow because they can get white fly and spider mite, and then the aphids yeah. and that will go on the yellow. So hmm. okay, okay, and yeah, I mean they did produce the peppers which is fine but it just was really hard to keep all those little bugs bugs in control yeah no i know exactly what you mean like they get in there and it's just it's really hard to keep them at bay but if you do that cycle and if you're doing it sort of that every five days when you do see them yeah that will typically get rid of them and then ensure that you're fertilizing sort of once a week 15 30 15 with those good healthy plants will will fight off those pests as well so okay okay good Excellent. All righty. Thank, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. You too, Lorraine. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Todd. Good morning, Todd. Hey, morning. Uh, big, uh, kind of a big project. So I've got a service that, per- well, I guess they provide both um, weed and feed on my lawn in the back, and then I've got mulch and... Um, a gravel path kind of thing in the front had some um, sporadic uh you know dry weather plants drought resistant yeah uh, the company didn't show up last year don't know what Aww. happened so i had an enormous amount of weeds i was gone the whole summer came back and of course i've got three foot weeds dandelions every inch or closer and that's front and back. And yeah. it has just come right through the landscape material. So I'm thinking, you know, I'll just go back to thought and I'll, I'm looking for quotes. I'll come down to you guys. But how would you, how would you prepare that heavy clay under everything? Because I'm afraid those roots have gone real deep. And, you know, if I don't. And I so don't, this was, uh, a lawn before that you turned into a garden or turned into a xeriscape yes yeah okay and, um, and it, it fairly if you do want to get it back under control if you pull out all the dead debris that you see now sticking up unless it's just really bad it can yeah. be controlled quite quickly with roundup again like so when it comes up when it's all small coming up you can because roundup will only kill what it sprays so if you Anything that this starts come early spring, if you go at it, um, that could get it controlled again. Um, if not, what I would do if you want to do lawn, I would just come in with a machine. If you're getting a quote, someone would probably come in with a bobcat or whatever. They'll just take everything out. They'll probably put four to six inches of loam on top, level it out, pack it, and then do the sod that way. But okay. if you do want to try to revitalize, early spring's the best time because all the weeds will just come up fresh and new and kind of tender, mm-hmm. and then they'll and you can get them under control quite quickly with the roundup again if it's something that you want to. I actually really struggled with that there escape. I couldn't keep the plants alive. I tore it up, <laughs> re-put in even deeper uh, mulch and everything. Um, yeah, or uh, topsoil and bigger bases around bigger root bases and yep. yeah they still they won't they won't um they won't grow is the biggest thing so i just yep. want to take out the front back yard 
entirely and resawed everything. And that okay. way I can just have the service come in and quickly do the same thing. Um, yeah, no, you can uh, you can get that signed up and uh, we'd be happy to do your sod. And then we have a green it up lawn care as well where we'll we'll do the we'll do the uh, fertilize applications for you as well. Okay, so you don't think I need to road it till? Um, no, we, but they'll go in and scrape everything out, and then they'll put in uh, probably us. We'll see what what evaluate it might need three to four inches or more of fresh loam just to get everything level again, and right. then to put the sod on top, and then that should be good. Sounds great. Thanks. All right. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, some of those things, and they do take a bit, Jen. Like people I hear, they take on those, um, like zero escaping. Mm-hmm. It, but sometimes it takes a bit to to root in. Like the first year, second year, you see a bit. The third year, but it sounds like he he travels and he's gone for most of the yeah. summer. So, um, yeah. these things when you get in those gardening thing, you either need a good irrigation. Um, but it takes the third year is really where you see everything just really come to fruition and and mm-hmm. root in and uh, and go from there. <clears throat> and uh, so it's too bad because sometimes yeah. Uh, Conrad, I said I was going to say if he's calling Conrad, to, Conrad would love to to do the xeriscape, oh, and he's know. our he's our landscape designer. He hates it, just straight sod. He would he go, yeah, oh no, we'll get that growing. So um, <laughs> I didn't know that was his that that's his preference. Does he like that personally? The xeriscape? No, not xeriscaping per se. Just plants. Oh. Like he's just such a plant guy. Like he's yes, he is. Um, yeah. And Conrad, and I should get him on one here one day. He's he our. Uh, He's our landscape designer. He's a graduate of uh, um, oh, Guelph University and in the horticultural landscape design, and he's going for his master's. So he he has done such a great job, and he's a really good designer. He likes to learn, likes to, and he'll listen and and try new things, and mm-hmm. and he's brought some experience with him as well. So um, Conrad has uh, been a great addition to our team. And uh, it was his birthday yesterday, so happy birthday to Conrad. Oh, darn it. Was it his birthday? Oh, yeah, that's right. Of remember course, we, we celebrated had, early. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, remember we had donuts on Friday. I, or two or three or four. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> I know. Conrad's I went birthday. back up there. You're in there for your fourth <laughs> one. I see you, Jen. <laughs> like, whoa. Oh, Merle. Shush, shush, shush. Yeah, no, Conrad, what I love about Conrad, too, is his confidence. You know, I mean, not arrogance at all, just confidence. Nope. He he knows what he's talking about, and um, it's it's actually quite cool to, to chat with him about plants and watch him do his work. Yeah, no, he's, uh, like I said, been a great addition to, mm-hmm. our, to our team, absolutely. And I better take a, a quick break here. We got to take a couple of commercials if you want to join us after the break, 403. 403- Nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Jen Lemire. And we're going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Merle. How can we help you, sir? Hey. Uh... I'm just, uh, I want to start my garden again. It hasn't okay. been a garden for a couple of years. It's got some uh, some poplar growth coming into it, but I've, I've really had that under control before. So I'd like to get the micro uh, bottom end of it done so uh, maybe next year we can have a decent garden. 
and it is a large one, Merle. It's about hmm. 40 feet by 40 feet. Okay. Yeah, that's a good. So you're looking at how how you can revitalize the the soil to get it good for next year. Absolutely. So what I would do is, so this spring is uh, probably add some good organic matter. Um, we have a good garden mix that you can get, or if you're if you have um, some manure or something like that that you have access to, horse manure is really good. Just don't overdo it with it. So if you add in a few inches and then rototill it in in the spring here, um, and then just leave it over the summer and may rototill again in the fall, um, that should be really good. And if you want to add some of the organic fertilizer, you can add, we have the um, Groundskeeper's Pride fertilizer you can add into the soil. Um, and it's a little bit more controlled um, solution to your to the to the fertilizer because you, you know what you're putting into it. Um, but just good good dark soils the best. They get good loam. Um, adding some organic matter it should be good depending on what you've done in the past. Um, if it's really hard, you might want to even get some of that mushroom manure from. You can go up to the mushroom plant up there. And you can get a truckload of that delivered as well. Um, mm. So there's a couple things that you can do like that. So, but if you're if you're looking to just revitalize the soil too, like some of the big yellow bags, there's some of those that are good. But you need a few of them. Um, yeah. Or exactly. like I said, we have the green it up um, royal or the soil enhancement, and you can get a truckload of that brought to your place and and mix that into your soil that works really good that's a blend of horse manure and and loam mixed together and we've had really good success with that well i've, I've got all the material locally here that i can get what you mentioned and loam perfect the whole smear and yeah just uh, make sure any of the manures aged really well yeah yeah for sure and then that's the biggest thing. Sometimes people put it on too ripe, and then it ends up burning your plant. So at least two years old um, makes all the difference. Yeah. Well, we're we're looking at piles of here are twenty years and and, and more. Perfect. So just yeah, add that in there, um, mix it in. If you have enough to maybe do it, do it in the spring, and then do another batch in July or something. Add that. Add that to your soil. And uh, by next spring, you'll have a great uh, patch to start up again. Well, great and awesome. I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, this is, uh, we're waiting at the Bearberry uh, Garden Center there, the, the water world. When, yep. when are you going to grace us with your presence on a visit out there? <laughs> you haven't been out there for a while. No, I know. Um, let's do that this summer. We'll uh, we'll make a plan to come out, and uh, we'll come for a visit for sure. We'll make sure you advertise it. Cause, uh, I will for sure. I, I want to come over for those donuts that your partner there likes better than you. <laughs> I'll make sure I bring Jen and a box of donuts with me. All right. Oh, awesome. Well, that's Thank a deal. So Thanks, Terry. Thank that's you. a deal. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, that it, it is. And if anybody gets a chance, it, it is such a it's a great place to go up in Sierra Water Valley, Bearberry. Um, they do a lot of if you're looking to do some native water plants and and other mm. things too. Like they grow 
But it's like going back in time a bit. It has a really good karma. You drive through the gate. It's just it's such a it's a it's a great garden center up that way. So oh, it's one of those go. ones that just uh, absolutely it's worth the yeah. worth the drive. It's worth the day. And like I said, they have a lot of the hardy um, water lilies and water plants up there. So it, it's definitely worth uh, worth heading up there. So That's awesome. oh, and it's 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 World Water Day on Tuesday. And we got a question: what? Is anybody oh. having a? Are we having a sale? They're asking. Well, maybe we'll have Water to think Day. about what. Yeah, we'll have to figure out something for what World Water gonna, Day. Yeah. Well, they had them at the hockey game. They had some indigenous groups that were part of the the water groups from across Canada. Okay. They were at the hockey game and they announced them on the jumbotron there, and they had their signs. They were sitting actually right behind us, so it oh, was uh, cool. it was neat to see. Yeah. So yeah. Just getting some attention to. Um, without clean water, we're not uh, we're not much. So we no, gotta, you're right. That's um, okay. We'll have to think about that, Merle. Absolutely. All mm-hmm. right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll uh, we'll chat a little more about some gardening. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, Emerald Coombs, and I believe we have Lois on the line. Good morning, Lois. Oh. Good morning, Merle. I really enjoy your show. Thanks. I'm, I enjoy doing it, so it, it kind of works out good for all of us, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm actually calling on behalf, on behalf of my daughter. She uh, just bought a new house, and the yard needs uh, a little bit of work. Uh, the okay. previous owners had uh, dug out and put in paving, and I. it looks like, from what I can see, they threw some of the... Uh, gravel or whatever neck onto the lawn and it's pretty mm. messy so do you think we should dig that out and put down new soil and and maybe uh sod it or do you think seed would work i i'm always a more of an advocate of sod because it 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 isn't that expensive and you get instant grass right you're mowing grass within two weeks sort of right. thing right okay um Unless you can wait and you want to go through the whole thing and and you kind of stay off it and you're very diligent on watering, it just it always seems to take a good year to year before you get a really really nice lawn if you're not really diligent on it. Okay. So, um, it depends on large areas. If it's something like that, I would definitely rake the gravel away, put some fresh loam in there. Whether you're going to sod or or plant um, grass seed. Okay. For sure. Will do. And typically. Yeah, so like I said, but sod, it's uh, a 10 square feet per roll. So if you want to do sod, if you're figuring it out, um, so two feet by five feet is the dimensions of most of the rolls of sod around town. Okay, and, that, uh, that sounds good. Uh, so when when should that go down? I mean, yesterday was gorgeous. Today, yeah, we we <laughs> no. won't be cutting sod till mid May, maybe sort of early May. It's better to wait till it gets growing healthy. Like it, it love you if we when we do sod early, it's still brown, and people say, "Well, how come it's not green?" Well, because it's the same grass that is the grass that's growing here, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so, but you, it's it, you fertilize that right away, so you put absolutely. it down. You've prepped the ground. You put it down. Do you fertilize it like when you put absolutely. it in? Absolutely. Yeah, our lawn okay. fertilizer is great for that because it has that high middle number. So yeah. it's really good for starting sod. Like it, it's a root fertilizer. So whether you have an existing lawn or a new sod like that, 
um, our green up lawn fertilizer works perfect for that. That 1632-6 um, gets the roots going like crazy and create, starts that uh, healthy lawn that you're going to get throughout the whole season. Okay, so that's the existing uh, problem, but then the rest of her lawn needs work too. So uh, aeration or just top dress yeah. it with some extra Yeah, a lot of times just a good, like a good power rake. Um, top. Uh, so what I would do typically if I'm going into a place, if it, as long as there's no dips or if there's any big holes, I'd fill those in. But what I do is give everything a really good power rake. Yeah. And then I would fertilize with our our lawn fertilizer, and then I'd put um, a little bit of top dressing. I'd put like an inch or so over the whole lawn, and then just water it in. If if it's really thin, sparse grass, you might want to add a little bit of grass seed to it. But with our fertilizer and a little bit of that soil on top, it'll just it'll within three or four weeks it'll be eaten right through that and look great. So okay. Okay. But wait until you start seeing a little bit of grass, like till it starts greening up a bit before you put the top dressing, because it kind of suffocates it if you go too early, and it takes so, a little bit longer to get up. So, like, give it a power rake, and then you can fertilize it. Just wait till you start seeing some a little bit of growth in the grass, and then top dress at that point. Okay. Okay. And right. um, that that sounds like. Excellent advice, actually. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> one, more, and, one more question. Okay, it has she, to be really quick. We're right at the end here. Okay, she has a north-facing exposure, uh, a recommended sh shrub. Uh, my favorite, Annabelle hydrangea. Gives you a nice big white blooms all summer, and it loves the shade. Okay. Needs all lots right. of water, though, right? Not bad. Not bad, because it's in the shade, so it's not going to use a lot. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Lois. <laughs> okay. And thanks, bye. Jen. Be back. And we'll see you in a little bit. Anyways, thank you to everybody, and I'll try to respond to a few more of these texts, and we'll get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR.